today is going to be a, a bit of a continuation from last week, but if you weren't here last week, don't worry. It's going to be a standalone as well. Um, but we'll be exploring um, how uh, things like gratitude and generosity uh, support our practice, um, how they are an actual um, foundational practice for us and kind of what they, what they allow, what they nourish, what they nurture in our lives. Uh, so as a way of beginning that, I'd like to invite all of us to, to feel into our experience right now and, and to feel if there's anything that you're grateful for uh, right now. Yeah, it might be in the immediate experience and it might be um, something that you're grateful for in your life. They're, they're all welcome. And then... If something arises, then um, the invitation is to put it into the chat so that we can share it with each other. Some things, some things that I'm, I'm grateful for right now. Let's see what comes up. So gratitude for these sessions. for this group, for having friends, for family, for opportunities. Gratitude for this. Sunshine. Food. For this moment. For swimming outdoors for having Gaia House survive, the place that I live in, countryside, online groups, open-heartedness, so much comes up, yeah, sunshine, teachers, this group, my sisters and friends, my partner's loving company, early morning swim, that seems to be a theme, beautiful planet. Yeah. So we can feel also the resonance between us, yeah, that comes up as people are sharing, yeah. Gratitude for the online Dharma Hall and for my dear husband. Uh, you know, some things are um, particular for someone, some things are really things that we share. For new friends that I've made through these Zoom groups. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah, we can feel that, that resonance and that kind of what happens when we feel gratitude and when we share what we're grateful for. So we have two levels for a blanket and a cup, cup of tea <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm here in uh, Israel right now very grateful for cold water really grateful uh, I'll tell you the water out of the tap cannot come out cold enough at the, at the moment for a cold shower so <laughs> having having a fridge and a freezer to make really cold water very grateful for that yeah, so more um, gratitude for, for this and for people leading these sessions. Yeah. Beautiful. So we'll, we'll flow into the practice from this network of, of gratitude, from this network of um, kind of the gratitude that we share, that we resonate with, and um, just knowing um, that there is this 
undercurrent of gratitude present, you know, that we can tune into ourselves, that we can tune into in others. Yeah, there's good things, supportive things, nourishing things happening. So we'll take the time to come into our meditation posture now in whatever way this, this happens for you. Feeling into the body and feeling what the appropriate posture would be and then settling into that posture. Just checking in with the posture, making or inviting any adjustments so that the body feels supported, stable, steady in the posture. As we do this, the awareness and the attention coming into the body. And just notice the balance between uprightness and ease in the posture. Again, seeing if any attunement is needed, any adjustment is needed. So that there is uprightness and alertness, presence. And these are married with, balanced with a sense of ease. So we're already using the body to gather and ground the awareness. We can invite that more fully. We can use the contact, sensations of contact of body with ground, body with seat. We can use the breathing, whatever is more accessible for us. We'll just take some moments to ground and gather in the body or with the breath.
So as we settle awareness and attention in the body, remembering an attitude of kindness in the practice, also nourishing the practice. Can we bring attention to the body or the breath, tuning into an attitude of kindness, remembering this practice is a practice of kindness. The steadiness of the body, the grounding of the body, or the fluidity and the movement of the breathing as a resource for us, as the place where we gather and rest the awareness. Some of you, maybe a combination of the two, that's also fine. Feeling the support of the breathing, the support of the body for us as we practice. And opening, as we did earlier on in the session, opening to feel, what is it that I'm grateful for in this moment? It can be anything that you're grateful, appreciating, enjoying in immediate experience, like the breath or body sensation. Or there's a relative stillness of practicing. Anything at all that feels, that opens the heart, opens the being into gratitude. Might be something that you're more generally grateful for in your life. This ability to practice or to hear teachings. relative health, people around you, 
anything that arises. We're opening to feel gratitude, appreciation in relation to either something in our direct experience or something general in our lives. Our practice is to open as much as is possible for us without pushing or trying too hard. Open as much as possible to the feeling of gratitude itself. How do we feel it in the body? Really resting into any degree of gratitude that's arising. It might be quite mild, might be quite small. Doesn't matter. Can we rest into that and nourish that? You know, like a seed that's watered, cared for. And can we also immerse ourselves in whatever degree of gratitude is available? I'm just going to let you explore that for yourself.
continuing to rest into the gratitude, coming back to it if the mind moves away or gets distracted. Just inquiring for yourself, noticing how does opening to gratitude, how does that impact any sense of well-being that's available? How does it impact experience itself? Remembering the body and the breath as a support through the practice. Always available. Letting go of gratitude and opening instead to reflect on your own generosity. So this might not be the easiest thing for some of us and just be aware of that. That's an important insight to have if that is the case. Remembering the kindness in the practice remembering interest in our experience. Just opening to reflect on your own generosity. The really simple daily things that we do, like smiling at someone, or acknowledging someone's presence. Or listening to someone else. It can be something very daily, very simple, very immediate. And maybe something that's ongoing, like caring for your own body. Or caring within a relationship to someone else. Or acting for the well-being of someone, whether near or far, known or unknown. 
just opening to feel the movement of generosity as it comes through each of us in acts of kindness and acts of care and taking your time with this don't need to rush don't need to panic seeing what arises when we open out the invitation and equally being okay with meeting contraction or discomfort that may arise or a sense of disconnection just relaxing as much as possible and holding experience with kindness and care and compassion that too is an expression of generosity right here So again, we're using a memory or kind of a known aspect of our lives to connect to this feeling, this attitude, this quality of generosity that moves through us, that manifests through us. I'm seeing if we can particularly rest with that flow of generosity feel it moving through knowing that it moves through us just like the breath does feeling the movement of generosity whether it's quite you know subtle or feels quite minor whether it's something quite big whatever it is equally possible to open to it and feel it flowing through us nourishing and opening and enlivening this body heart mind as it flows through I'll let you explore this for yourself. Being interested also in seeing if when we open to this flow of generosity, if it impacts experience in any way, if it impacts a sense of well-being in any way.
Remembering any contraction, discomfort that arises. You can meet that with kindness and care and compassion. Any nourishment, aliveness, well-being that arises. You can meet that with appreciation. Allowing ourselves to savor that and to immerse in that. You're taking your time to transition from one form of practice to another. And before I share some Dharma reflections on, on these themes, uh, that we've been practicing with, uh, just to say a few words about dana practice. Mm. And so we've already been contemplating dana in uh, in the meditation just now, and from both both sides of it. Yeah, the dana practice of offering, of sharing, of participating, um, and then also the the aspect of dana, which is the receiving. Yeah. And what we're grateful for is often what we receive uh, from others. And um, I'll say about this more in a little bit, but uh, dana is really stressed, emphasized in, in this tradition um, as a practice that supports the deepening of well-being as well as understanding and wisdom. Yeah. It really has a lot to do with, with our well-being. Uh, very foundational. In, in the tradition and in the Buddhist teaching. And one reason for that, one way it manifests, is um, this acknowledgement of our mutuality, yeah. of our interdependence with each other. 
And it's an acknowledgement of that and then a conscious intentional alignment with that. With the fact that we um, don't exist as separately as we we tend to think that we do and that we are part of um, each other (laughs) and part of everything. And so it really takes us beyond uh, the seeming boundaries of self and other as a, as a practice. Um, and yeah, and it can be just really interesting to take everything that I've just said <laughs> and then kind of bring it into this very mundane aspect of our lives, which, um, you know, feels like it involves transactions. And, and you know, some, somehow I would say, you know, one of the beautiful things that Dana does is it opens up this field. Um, instead of it being a transaction, it's an exchange um, or an opportunity to participate, as, as I, I prefer to call it. So we can really feel it from that, um, from that direction. And thank you. There's a, there's a moment of Dana just there, someone asking if I'm recording. Yes, I am. <laughs> when, it will, when it will go up on Dharma Seed is a whole other mystery, but it is recording. And it will eventually. Um, So you know the the movement from from seeing something as a transaction to seeing something um, as an exchange and an opportunity to honor that mutuality between us, Um, and and in this you know with these sessions in two very simple ways. Uh, One is support for Gaia House, uh, so that it's able to to continue to do this. I think uh, most of you, or many of you, are probably receiving the the Guy House newsletters, so you'll be aware of. Uh, and we don't even need to read it in a newsletter to imagine, you know, what what the situation is for some some place like Guy House uh, in these conditions that we're living through. Um, so, a real opportunity to support that, not from a sense of I should, yeah, but from a sense of, you know, this is something that's good for me, yeah, and kind of exploring that, you know, how is that, how does that work. And similarly, support for the teachings, um, which, you know, in, the, in this form of the Dharma Hall, uh, manifests as support for the teacher, but really support for the teachings. Uh, so kind of seeing that um, opportunity you know, to support the teachings, to, to carry on being shared as they have been since the time of the Buddha. Uh, until our days, and, and may they may they continue yeah, to do so. So just having you know just having that there in the background, and as much as possible when you when you practice dana, I would say you know seeing it as a practice and particularly connecting to that sense of this flow that's flowing through us, yeah. the flow of generosity yeah. and of sharing and of participation. So I'll continue from that because, you know, it, it always ties into what I'm going to talk about, but particularly today <laughs> uh, as a continuation from, from last week, as I said at the beginning, um, and as a continuation to the practice that, that we just did um, of really reflecting on gratitude and generosity and seeing how that impacts us. Um, and the Buddha, as I said, had a huge emphasis on on these on these qualities, on these attitudes. Um, he spoke of um, 
gratitude being the mark of a civilized society actually which is quite sounds like quite a strange thing to come out of the buddha but uh, when we think about it you know it really makes sense you know sense of gratitude is a deep um can have a deep impact on 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 relationships and on societies and also stems from uh, a depth of understanding um and he also emphasized generosity. As I was saying, it was a foundational practice, often began his teachings with speaking of generosity. And we can ask, and I think it's important that we ask why. Yeah. Why this emphasis on, on these qualities, like, like generosity, like gratitude. Um, and maybe you had a glimpse of it now in the practice, maybe you know this from, from, uh, from your lives. Um, but when generosity, gratitude, when they're present, or even when we just open to them, to contemplate them, yeah, to mull on them, to explore them, um, they prime the mind in a certain direction. Yeah. They enliven uh, and they calm yeah. in ways that are really helpful, really supportive to clear and deep seeing, yeah, to clear and deep understanding. And so I want to unpack that a little bit, and uh, I'm going to use a, a part of a, of a sutta uh, for this. Um, the sutta is called the Mangala Sutta, M-A-N-G-A-L-A. -A -A. Um, and Mangala, this word Mangala means um, garland, like a garland of flowers. And if you've been to uh, in many Asian countries, yeah when uh, someone is greeted with respect and with honor then a garland is put over their neck yeah a garland of flowers that's a mangala so it's a real um sign of a blessing um often also around uh, statues of deities or of the buddha there'll be garlands yeah so it's a sign of a blessing of respect um and in our case uh, it's, it's usually translated, the sutta is translated as the sutta um, of the greatest blessings or of the greatest happiness. Yeah. So a real, uh, you know, again, something we can understand, this connection between the blessings in our lives, what brings blessings and what brings happiness. Yeah. Very much the same things. So, um, and there'll be time for questions. Uh, at the end so maybe we can keep the chat silent for now unless I'm saying something that you don't understand or if you can't hear me but otherwise uh, we'll keep the kind of discussion and question part for for um, for later so I'm gonna just share uh, parts a few parts of the sutta um, about these greatest blessings or greatest happiness um, so here it goes what are the greatest happinesses, the greatest blessings of our lives? To live honestly, generous in giving, to offer support to relatives and friends, living a life of blameless conduct. This is the greatest happiness. To avoid unwholesome actions, not caught by addiction, and to be diligent in doing good actions. This is the greatest happiness. To be humble and respectful in manner. To be grateful and content with a simple life. 
not missing the occasion to learn the Dhamma. This is the greatest happiness. Okay, I can see some of you have got some quite beatific smiles on your faces. Uh, so for it, it's always really interesting to share suttas. Like for some people, there's a resonance, and we just kind of like start glowing with that resonance. And for other people, you may be triggered um, by different things here. And it's all fine. Yeah, it's all allowed. It's all welcome. It's all included. We'll unpack and we'll explore and we'll see. Um, you know, but equally, if you are kind of just, you know, sometimes there's just a resonance and we're just glowing and you can just stay with the resonance if, if, if that feels more helpful. Um, so there's a, there's a third, I've spoken about gratitude and generosity and here there's a third thread that's being woven, which I think is quite important. Um, it's touched on in different words. Um, so in the first um, verse here, honestly, living honestly, and then also blameless conduct. Yeah, blameless conduct. Um, and then avoiding unwholesome actions in the second, um, in the second verse. Um, so real emphasis here on what we would also call um, uh, an intention of ethical conduct, an intention towards non-harming, yeah, which goes along with gratitude and generosity as really foundational uh, practices uh, for us, all of which open out yeah, all of which open out the space for, um, for kind of a deepening. Yeah, because they do something. They're like a, um, they do something to our heart, mind, uh, to our chitta, the heart and mind, uh, and body. Both an enlivening and a kind of calming or a gathering together. So, what happens? Yeah, what happens when? Uh, we are in tune with these qualities when we are sensitive to gratitude to what we're grateful for and what we appreciate when we are um, sensitive to opportunities to support others yeah. and when we are sensitive to the impact of our intentions yeah, our actions our thoughts and our words you know, we're sensitive to that and we try as much as we can to align that with non-harming and non-ill will yeah. what happens to us um, a few things happen which are really interesting. One is that there's a huge reduction in the sense of regret that we have. Yeah, we're kind of much more at peace with ourselves. Yeah. So less regret. Um, and also the other thing that comes through is a sense of confidence or conviction yeah. in ourselves, in the Dharma and in our capacity to live the Dharma. And I was, I was sharing this, this um, sutta with, with another group um, last week and, um, and someone was, was talking about, you know, there's a phrase here, to be diligent in doing good things. Someone was sharing um, how in their experience, when they look at anything in their lives as an opportunity for generosity, yeah, the opportunity to do good things or an opportunity to nourish and to support, yeah, then that really... Uh, affects their experience mm. and they see more opportunities and there's also more opportunities for delight mm. so it's really interesting um, you know to just say okay whatever I do I'm leaving the house I'm getting in the car <laughs> this is in Israel that's a big statement I'm getting in the car I'm getting on the road yeah and I'm going to see this as an opportunity. I'm going to be sensitive to opportunities um, to do good things, yeah. for generosity, 
for care, for non-harming, yeah. for seeing others with, with compassion, for seeing others with metta, with care and kindness. And it really changes something in our own being, in our own state of mind. Yeah. And then this, these threads also of um, humility, to be humble and respectful. Yeah. Really, really beautiful in how we, um, how we interact with others and contentment and gratitude. And other places in the teachings, um, contentment is described as the greatest wealth. And of course, you know, I think this is common in many spiritual traditions and, and it makes a lot of sense, but how often do we remember that? You know, because when we're content, we don't need anything else. What could be a greatest wealth than that? It you know, doesn't matter what we have. We're content. Yeah. We feel grateful. Yeah. It's the greatest wealth, but how often do we remember that? Um, and what happens when we do? Yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens when we do. And of course, has to be woven in there, not missing the opportunity to learn the Dharma. Yeah. And, and I love that phrase because I, I don't know what happens to you, but for me, it immediately goes to learning the Dharma, you know, like we're doing here, you know, listening to someone. But actually, not missing the opportunity to learn the Dharma from our own lives. These are really simple things, you know, simple, not easy, like most of practice. But they're very everyday, yeah, they're really in our lives. Yeah, looking at how, you know, what kind of manner do I embody and manifest? Um, what kind of conduct, how diligent am I in prioritizing opportunities to, to, to do good, to bring kindness? Yeah. How much do I get drawn into the unwholesome? So all of that, yeah, these are all opportunities to learn the Dharma. Yeah. It's kind of not missing these opportunities. So generosity, this ethical conduct, and alignment, uh, gratitude, contentment, as great as, as great blessings, as sources of well-being, yeah, and the foundations of a fruitful spiritual life. And this is something the Buddha would speak of again and again and again. Um, and, and really important to again reflect on how, yeah, how are they great blessings and why, yeah, and why. So one really meaningful thing about this is that. Um, they support when gratitude, generosity, ethical conduct, contentment, when they are present, they support an atmosphere of safety. Yeah. They support an atmosphere of safety. Yeah. Giving the gift of fearlessness yeah. to, to others, first of all. Yeah. We can see that. Yeah. Um, now many of you are familiar with Gaia House. You know, one of the amazing things about Gaia House is... Uh, how safe the wild creatures feel. Yeah. And if you walk around in the gardens at Guy House, the rabbits and the birds, they don't run away from humans in the way um, that they do in most other places, including if you just go to the field next door. <laughs> yeah. It's quite, for me, it really strikes me every time. And we can say part of that is, is this, you know, is the kind of attitude that um, Guy House fosters, that every person that comes in takes on, you know, of non-harming, of respect, yeah, of contentment, yeah, with simplicity. Yes, and, 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 the, and the wild creatures, I feel, that's my only explanation, you may have a better one, they pick up on that. Yeah, they pick up on that. So creating this, giving this gift of fearlessness, which is uh, one of the 
most precious gift we can offer to anyone, yeah, the gift of fearlessness. And supporting an atmosphere of safety for others and freedom from regret um, and a sense of confidence in ourselves. Yeah. And when I was reflecting on this um, last week, I could see, and I, I don't know if you'll be able to see this, I, I don't know if it's sometimes things are just clear in my mind and I can't really articulate them very clearly, so if that's the case here, bear with me, um, how much these two uh, mirror each other. Yeah. So when we prioritize generosity, gratitude, um, non-harming, yeah. when we prioritize contentment, when we prioritize these in our lives, it creates an atmosphere of safety for others because there's less demand from us. And it creates an atmosphere of safety, we can say, or ease within us. Yeah? We're not subject to that, those movements of regret, of guilt, um, uh, so much. You know? So there's a mirroring in the kind of atmosphere that is, that is made available, that is um, offered. And this also brings... Um, with it and enlivening, and I've used this word a few times, an enlivening and a harmonizing of the heart-mind, which is a real sense of well-being, uh, a real source of well-being and joy. Yeah, Really a deep sense of well-being that then uh, brings a lot of, of joy, of happiness and well-being with it. And then the well-being and the joy that ripen there uh, are a support to further depth, to further um, clarity, letting go and liberating understanding. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a flow uh, that's there. And I'd like to, um, to give an example here um, for this kind of, uh, this is a practice and how, um, how it can unfold for us. And this is um, an example, something that I don't remember how many years ago happened a few years ago. Um, when I was uh, in the leprosy community, when we have a, what has been up till now an annual retreat, no longer, <laughs> thanks to COVID, in a leprosy community in India. Um, and we spend um, a week in silent meditation retreat and then three weeks as a community of practitioners um, working in the community, serving in the community, um, volunteering in the community. And a lot of our work is in the, um, in the home for the elderly in, in the community because the uh, community's been there for more than, um, more than 60 years now. Actually uh, getting close to 70, gosh. Um, so there's quite a lot of people in the community that are um, no longer able to work. Um, and so they, and, and sometimes no longer able to, to, to care for themselves independently. And so they, they come and live together um, in, a, in a particular area of, of, the, of the community. Um, and they have carers. Yeah. Uh, but it's not exactly the same situation that, that we would have uh, in, in Europe. Uh, the carers are also um, cured leprosy patients themselves. Uh, many of them have been working the, in, in the elderly people's home for several decades, so they're not exactly um, teenagers anymore. Um, and many of them are suffering from the impacts of the disease themselves. Uh, and on top of that, they live there uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Okay? So it's quite a, tough, quite a tough situation for them to be in. 
And so one of the, this story is one about one of them uh, who's, you know, she, she uh, stars in many of our, in many of my stories about, about the community. Um, and so what we do generally there is we do a lot of extra care for people, brush hair and massage and cut nails and do things that normally don't, um, don't happen. We include the carers in that. So we, we formed quite um, close relationships with them as well. And one of them, her name is Baby, um, and she's a, a, if anyone has ever seen a, an image of Kali, the, the Hindu goddess of destruction, um, I often imagine that that baby has is, is got quite some of her characteristics. She's, she's got long, beautiful, long, dark hair, you know, really, really long black hair, and she's, she's very large, um, very tall woman and quite strong and quite fierce yeah it's quite fierce but also underneath that uh, as with all of us a lot of softness and vulnerability um so one day i don't remember why and she she's also quite uh she's she's a character she's a character that's the only way to one day she decided that um I, we were there and she decided that she wanted to give me a treat Okay, she wanted to give me a treat, and so I was probably in the middle of doing someone's hair or giving a massage. You know, so my hair, my hands are covered in oil, and uh, I'm in the middle of something. But she just comes and she usually just grabs me, and she's about twice my size, so it's not so hard to to pull me away. So she pulls me over to her room and uh, to her bed, and above her bed are her shelves with all her things, all her possessions. And, uh, I, you know, on the top shelf, there's a little container. And in that container, there's a sweet. Yeah. There's an Indian sweet. It's Indian sweet, 200% sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly my personal idea of a treat, but she really wants to give this to me. And I really don't want it. Okay. So here we are. You know, here's the image. There she is. There I am. And at some point, we find ourselves with the sweet in her hand kind of, you know, like someone trying to give medicine to a child uh, right in front of my mouth. And I'm kind of trying my best to avoid having it because yeah. I don't want the sugar. So here's the situation. And luckily the practice comes in and I um, kind of open out the space to see a bigger part of, the, of what's going on beyond my preference for more or less sugar uh, in my body. Um, and I realize, you know, why am I here? You know, what's, what's my purpose? What's my intention? Why am I here? Why do I come to this place? Yeah. What is this about? You know, this is about dana. Yeah, this is about generosity and giving and sharing, actually, which is how we talk about dana in Ananda and in the leprosy community. It's about sharing. Yeah, it's about participation. This is what, it, what it's about. And, and generosity, dana, sharing, it's about a two-way movement. Yeah, it's about a flow. Okay, and what does she really want now? She really wants to give this to me. And so, does my preference really matter? Oh, how important is it? Yeah. So I open my mouth, um, and I and I, you know, accept, accept this ball of sugar uh, that she's offering me, and uh, and I actually enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, it's got nothing to do with the flavor. It's got everything to do with the love, right? It's got everything to do with the love. 
that's being shared uh, in that moment. Um, but it's quite a process, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a, it's a touching story, it's a funny story, um, but it's actually, you know, so easily, yeah, I could have gotten stuck in the struggle, yeah, and walked away having won my battle against the sugar, yeah, so easily that could have happened, yeah. And so here's where the, and, and what would have happened afterwards? Regret, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because if we speak about our practice being, you know, these are the foundations, non-harming, yeah, um, dana, sharing, yeah, kindness. And that is what really matters uh, in that moment. And so being able to align with that, yeah, being able to align with that and to align with a deeper understanding of, our, of, of the movement between us, of that shared quality between us, of the giving and receiving, and how important it is to receive also. Yeah, Khalil Gibran uh, has a line, I think, that the greatest gift is to receive. Yeah? When someone wants to give, that's the greatest gift that we can offer. Um, so really going beyond the boundaries uh, of self-preference into shared love. Um, and I have to, you know, I share this, you know, because I, th- you know, for me, this is this was one of, um, it was a really important experience for me. Uh, and I have to say, of course, things could have looked differently, and of course, this isn't what we always need to do. It's not like a recipe for, um, you know, this is just this is always what you need to do. You know, I told this story one time, and someone, one of my, you know, a long-term students said, oh, you know. I was just at my grandmother's yesterday and she wanted to give me food and I was so full that I refused and now I feel really bad, you know. And it's like, no, it's not always that we need to accept, yeah. And sometimes, you know, if you know something about your body or for whatever reason, it might be that you prioritize the non-harming towards your own body, you know. There's, there's lots of different ways we can attend to any situation. But what was really helpful is to be aware and to be aligned. Okay, what is going on here? Yeah, what choice am I making? And where does that choice lead? Yeah, where does that choice lead? So in the teachings, you know, that um, there's a beautiful sequence that's repeated in quite a few suttas. Um, and it begins from this freedom from regret, yeah, or from that sense of confidence that we have uh, with the teachings. Yeah, that we can apply the teachings, that we have confidence in the teachings. Um, it begins with that, uh, and that is a fruit of prioritizing practices like dana, like generosity, like gratitude, like an ethical inquiry into our conduct. Um, and this, uh, this quality of you know, restfulness from regret freedom from regret and that confidence, they lead to uh, a a really deep gladness and well-being. And that well-being, that gladness, then leads to joy. And that joy then leads to a very uh, deep sense of calm and tranquility, which then brings a deep happiness. Which then supports a unification and harmonization of body, heart, and mind. Yeah, sometimes referred to as samadhi. Some of you may be familiar with that. And samadhi, this deep sense of harmonization, unification, is a wonderful and important basis for liberating insight. 
yeah. for seeing in ways that, that free us, for unbinding. Yeah. So I, I kind of brought this, week, I, it's a sequence that I love, and I think it's really important to see because so often, yeah, we either see qualities like gratitude, generosity, um, ethical conduct, we see them as preliminaries. Oh, this is something that's just, that's just the beginning. You know, been there, done that, tick. Don't need to think about it anymore. No, these are really important. Yeah. And why are they important? Because of how they impact us. Yeah. So we need to see how that, what is that impact? And if there's a sense, like we did in the practice, if there's a sense of contraction there, of a sense of disconnect, or I'm not doing something well enough, criticism, then we bring compassion. Yeah. And we bring care, and we bring kindness. And yeah. we work with that so that we can start... Um, receiving that gift of the freedom from the regret and um, of that sense of conviction and confidence and of that well-being and gladness that arise. Yeah. And the other reason that I, I wanted to speak about this is that because it's also because this brings gladness, well-being, joy, yeah, which also are not spoken of enough in, 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 the, te- in the way the teachings have come to us. Yeah. But like I say, they appear in the texts quite a lot, as really important factors on the way to unbinding, on the way to awakening, whichever word, whichever word or concept does it for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're really important, they're really beneficial. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, um, it's right here on our doorstep, yeah, it begins right here, nourishing in an ongoing way, yeah, through simple intentions and simple acts of kindness, of generosity. Um, and this moment-to-moment attuning of the mind to gratitude yeah. and to an inquiry into um, what is ethical right now, what leads to non-harming right now, knowing there isn't just one right answer. Yeah, it's an inquiry. It's a process of deepening. So this is something we can practice um, on the cushion and in our lives. Uh, and we can remember, yeah, this is accessible for us and it really matters. Yeah, the joy, the well-being uh, that, that, that this brings to ourselves and to others. Yeah. And it reduces suffering in the moment and over time uh, for all of us. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.